Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the WP Builds podcast, recorded on the 14th of September 2017. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And later on, I'll be joined by David Wormsley and Dave Toomey, who is the leader, the person that set up the Beaver Builder Facebook group, which is enormous. And he talks to us about that, amongst other things. Right. Before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor, which this week is Content Snare. So I would dearly, dearly like to thank Content Snare for their support. The purpose of Content Snare, it's a SaaS app. And the idea is that, um, well, we all know that getting content out of your clients can be a bit of a pain. You're going to be chasing them up all the time. Email after email, call after call, so it goes. You know, you're going to get 20 different emails with loads of attachments, different documents in different strange formats. It's a right old clutter and it completely wastes your time getting content together in a format you can really use. Nobody really wants that. So Content Snare fixes this by getting all the content you need all in the right format, all in one place. And so it, if you like, does all the client chasing. It structures the content you need so that you so that your client can see exactly what's required. Um, send it to the client and Content Snare will chase them up automatically. That's pretty cool. The interface makes it easy for your client to see what's required and provide everything in record time. And when it comes back, you can approve it and ask for changes if it's needed. That's it. You're done. Now you're ready to download everything you need to build the perfect website. So don't spend ages with headaches trying to get content out of your client in the old-fashioned way. Do it in the new way. Try Content Snare today. So if you go to contentsnare.com and use the coupon code WPBUILDS, all lowercase, no spaces, you're going to get 50% off the first two months of your account. So that again is contentsnare.com. And we would like to thank Content Snare for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Really appreciated, guys. Now moving on to the new section, I've got four or five items for you today. Some of them are connected, so in effect they are the same news item. But the first one is the WP Tavern, and it talks about the fact that, well, Gutenberg again. Gutenberg 5.0, we know it's coming, we know it's happening, and it turns out that uh, they've been listening. Uh, Matt has said that there's going to be a plugin which you can use in order to restore the old-fashioned tiny MCE. So although it's moving forward and it's going to happen, perhaps there's a way uh, for those of us who don't wish to use it straight away to revert to the old style of tiny MCE and then update it as you get used to it. So that's quite good to know. Another, I really am getting stuck into the WP Tavern uh, pod, uh, blog this week, really, really. Um, and it's about the Equifax um, fiasco because Equifax is a company which um, sort of resells data um, in order to make money out of it. They had a, a breach recently in which 143 million clients or customers personal data was um, was was well basically hijacked and has been taken over and included all sorts of stuff like social social security numbers and credit card details and all of that well anyway they've decided to to build a new wordpress based website in order to alert people as to what's going on and uh, i guess my question is would you trust them anymore Anyway, go and read about it. It's quite interesting um, about their new WordPress website. Um, WordPress.org adds new support rep role for plugin pages. So if you go to um, WordPress.org, now you, I think in the past you've only been able to use, um, what was it? I think it was contributors and developers, something along those lines. Uh, no, plugin authors were able to do sort of support, but now they've added this, um, new role on the WP org, sorry, WordPress.org pages. And there's now a support rep role. So in other words, people who um, are kind of like using your plugin can figure out quickly who, who your support person is. So it doesn't always have to be the plugin author. Just a very small, tiny little tweak, but pretty, pretty useful, I suppose, if you're a, a plugin developer and you don't want to get, you know, if you don't want to handle support. 
The next two items are highly related. There's a WP Tavern link and there's a WordFence link. Um, and there's a plugin called Display Widgets, which recently has been taken over, and I think it's got more than 200,000 um, installs. And essentially, it's been hijacked since it was taken over. Well, it, it was taken over completely legitimately. It was bought, but then the person who bought it decided that they would, um, well, inject all sorts of malicious, nasty stuff, and it would phone home and give all sorts of information about you and your WordPress install um, to him. Now, his name, well, according to the WordFence podcast, is Mason Souza, S-O-I-Z-A. Um, and the, the WordFence article goes into, it's a real interesting sleuth job where they spend quite a long time piecing together all sorts. It really is proper detective work to work out who this guy is, what other things he's been up to. And um, it's just really fascinating how one guy can wreak so much havoc. Um, it's such a shame that people do this stuff and spoil it for the rest of us. But two very interesting articles, especially the word fence one. Okay, moving on now to the actual main meat and potatoes, if you like, of the podcast. We're going to be talking this week to the founder, if that's the right word, of the Beaver Builder Facebook group. His name is Dave Toomey. If you've ever been in there, then you'll have heard of him. But really, it's a podcast where he talks about why you might like to set up a Facebook group, how he manages a Facebook group, which is so strong, 8,000 plus. It's probably a lot more by now. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago. Um, talks about all the work that's involved and also talks about his own stuff. For example, he's got his own um, freelance website building business. He runs podcasts for uh, for third parties, and he's also launched a <coughs> cough, uh, <laughs> a uh, another podcast which I can highly recommend, and it's at beaverdojo.com. So yeah, he's a really nice guy. He's got a lovely Irish accent, which I really like, and um, I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Today it's um, me, Nathan Wrigley, with David Wormsley. Hi, David. Hello. And we're joined today um, by a lovely Irish gentleman who you've probably heard of before, I expect, and his name's Dave Toomey. Hi, Dave. How are you doing, boys? We're doing very well, I think. Dave, are you doing well? I'm yeah, really, no. really well. <laughs> We've encountered the problem, haven't we? Straight away. Who is poor, Dave? <laughs> poor, Nathan, poor Nathan. You're just going to get yeah. <laughs> confused. Okay, I think we should have David one. Oh, no, David and Dave. Let's say that. Dave, David Wormsley yeah. and Dave Toomey. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, um, the, only person, the only person that calls me David is my wife okay. when she's angry with me and my mother all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll try not to do that then. So if I say David, it's not because I'm angry with you. Um, yes. Yeah, we've got you on the show this week to talk to us about. I guess there's a lot of new stuff happening for you, which will be interesting to talk about a little bit later. But maybe if we could uh, ask that sort of generic question that we ask an awful lot on these podcasts. Do you want to just very briefly um, just tell us a bit about you, where you live, what you do and all of that sort of stuff? Nah, can't be bothered. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Question two. Without, uh, without swearing, there's yeah. a challenge. Absolutely. Yeah, the F word. And then ECK. Are you being um, serious? You're not going to tell us, are you? No, I will. Okay. I will. Um, oh, like you said, uh, you've heard of me before. I mean, the only fame to claim I really have is that I am the starter, owner, operator of the Beaver Builder Facebook group, which is fairly sizable now. Um, but um, I started that a couple of years ago. Um, and day job, I'm a WordPress development, but I specialize in um, lead generation websites, podcast websites, and course delivery websites for experts, speakers, consultants, coaches, high-end coaches, things like that. So if you've got an expertise and you've got an audience that's small but wants to grow or that you want to sell your knowledge to, then I'm your man to get all the tech stuff done. So that's uh, solopowered.com. That's a cool pitch. I like it. That was Isn't nice it? and nice and pithy and to the point. Well, mm. the good thing about it is it's alienated about 98.7% of your audience straight away. So that But that's okay because we only have four yeah. <laughs> as the audience. So right, well, three uh, of them are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's left leg will now go to my website. <laughs> so um <laughs> How, how long have you been doing WordPress stuff, internet-y stuff, oh, computer-y oh, stuff? Have you gosh, been doing this since you were like a kid? Oh, I mean, 
WordPress was ugly. That's what I remember. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it started out because it was just like I, I had something else going on and I wanted to have a website. And a friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, that's what I do for a living. I'm a web developer, you know, this guy I kind of knew. And I said, well, how much for a website? Oh, he's like, whatever it was, thousands. And I was like, I can't afford that, you know. So I'll do it myself. So search the interwebs and uh, found this thing called Joomla. Ah, and that lasted, I reckon, about two days. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, what is this monstrosity? And I'm fairly good at figuring out stuff at the beginning level of technology. I wouldn't consider myself a um, a, a big tech head or a coder at the level of our friend Doug Bellchamber or Jay Oakley or Oki or people like that, but. I can get by enough to be totally dangerous. And then when I found WordPress fairly quickly after I threw win- Joomla out the window, uh, along with the monitor it was in, um, and <laughs> <laughs> went, hold on, this thought, this is much better. So like fairly quickly I was up and running and doing 95% more than the rest of the people that think they know WordPress just because I like to break stuff. And that's one of the things I like to, anyone asks about how do I get started in WordPress, and that's my, my go-to education is go buy yourself a 99 cent dot info domain or something install wordpress from wordpress.org stick a load of themes and plugins on it and break it and then figure out what you've done wrong and that's the way to learn wordpress um and that's how i did it and start messing around messing around so built my own website and next thing you know it's chatting to a friend is a oh i want one of them okay so i built it for him next thing you know his friend wants one and there comes a point where you go I wonder if somebody would give me some money for this. So the next guy is like, oh, yeah, well, I'm busy. Look, um, it's going to be $250 to build you that website. Yeah, no problem. Here's my PayPal. Ha! Cool. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, like a supermodel now, I don't get out of bed for $250. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, no, you know, in all seriousness, it's, it's just I've developed over time, learned new things. And then you, you sort of, you know, things started to interest me like uh, copywriting, graphic design, sales funnels, you know, all the marketing nonsense that goes around being a WordPress developer, you know, how to promote yourself, all that kind of stuff. So that came in as, you know, expertise as well. So, and then next thing you know, I start to notice a trend in the type of people that I'm doing websites for. And that's the path I've gone down is using my tech knowledge to help people that are experts but don't have that tech knowledge. Um, the reason that we met, not that we've ever met in person, I mean, I don't well, want I, that, I don't I, want I don't that day to ever arrive. You haven't even met your best buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Passed, passed your house 17,000 times years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I, uh, I live in a small cardboard box and uh, don't like to come out very often. <laughs> Um, but the, the Car- reason... cardboard box, <laughs> luxury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going into Monty Python. Oh dear. Um, the... oh, you're in Yorkshire. I used to live in Yorkshire, so it's a good place to live. I really like it. The um... right. I'm going to wrestle this back to something to do with WordPress okay. and, and. Sorry, I'm ruining No, 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 no. It's fine. You can do it as much as you like, but I'll just keep trying to get it back. Um, the reason that we met, and I presume David met you as well, was because of this Facebook group that you started up. Now, yeah. by the time I joined, I reckon I was about the 2,000th member or something like that. Yeah. Um, how did you, like, were you, you must have been a really early person into Beaver Builder and getting into it really early. It, is that in fact true or did, was it, had it been yeah, going for I, years? I would suspect so. It was, it was Beaver Builder, but I was aware of it when it was Fastline Page Builder. Um, so I did, I, I, you know, I was a little bit cautious. I mean, my journey with page builders, you know, I did the usual tried composer and, um, <laughs> hated, hated that straight off the bat Um tried and hated that, straight <laughs> off the bat. and then tried thrive, um, content builder very frustrated with it, but it was better than anything else that I tried. It was better than and but it, you know, it did a job and whatever, but I wasn't too keen on what I felt was 
the usability was okay. The code was a bit heavy. It was a bit bloated. There was a lot of issues with servers and things like that on. Uh, but if I wanted one page, it was great. But I kept my eye on what was going on. And I have absolutely, I'm trying to remember, and I've done this a few times. I've tried to remember where Beaver Builder was mentioned. I have a funny feeling that it might be Kim Doyle or Chris Lemma. Now, it's more than likely Chris Lemma because he was one of the first main guys to jump on board and actually do a review of it. Um, and I like the idea of it. Now, it was before they had the free version in the repo. Huh. So I paid, paid cold, hard cash and started playing with it and went, holy moly, this is exactly what I want. And this is just fantastic. And I don't want bells and whistles. I really don't. My clients don't need you know, flashing graphics or, you know, spinning text modules and all this kind of nonsense. They just want clean, good information and it works. And if they need to edit a little bit of text here and there, they can. And that was brilliant. And it just let me do it. And I was like, this is fantastic. So I kind of contacted the guys and started chatting to them a little bit and said, you know, you're obviously busy, you know, you're launching it, things are going well, whatever. Do you mind if I start a Facebook group? And, you know, Robbie was like, if you can be bothered, go for it. Because they were at a stage where this whole idea of community around their product was alien to them. You know, they were still in the very first stages of trying to get people to just give it a go and, and, and use it and see how it went. Now, they were obviously getting traction, but, you know, the whole ecosystem around our, our community around their product wasn't even on their radar at that time. They were just still trying to get, get growth. So for somebody to come along and say, I'll do that, happy days. So that's what I did. And it was back in the day when you could advertise um, Facebook groups using Facebook ads. Now, there's a little bit, you can't anymore advertise a closed Facebook group. You can advertise a an open one. It's against their terms and conditions or terms of service to advertise a closed group. So I had it open for a couple of weeks, sent about $25 worth of traffic to it, asked my friends to join it. In fact, you know, when you set up a group in Facebook, you have to invite someone. You can't do it. Just be you. Yes. That person I invited has never come into the group. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good friend of mine in America, Chris. And I said, here, listen, just join this group. Don't worry about it. And he was like, okay. And, you know, because he's not a WordPress guy and um, he's a, a podcaster. <laughs> and he goes, he was like, okay. And, you know, he gets all these emails now from Facebook. And he's like, is that, is that thing still going? I said, there's 8,000 members, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is going really well, isn't it? And yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the beginning of David and I's friendship. Um, and you and about a couple of thousand people have made yes. friends. And I mean proper friendships. I don't mean, you know, oh, I know so-and-so because I'm an affiliate for his product. Um, you know, it's not that kind of friendship. There's loads of people I know that would, would consider their best friend online, yeah. air quotes, um, yeah. through the, the Beaver Builder Facebook group. Uh, I, I can count 20, 30 people because um, we're chatting on Skype and I've got my Skype open and like, you know, that favorite section at the top, 70%, 80% of the people in that section are because are I met them through the Facebook group. Wow, that's cool. David, you've probably got a lot to say about this Facebook group, haven't you? Yeah, it's really changed everything for me. I mean, I wouldn't be doing these these videos that I do and I recently wouldn't be doing this podcast without that group. And yeah, those friendships, because there seems to be a lot in common between the people in that group, other than just Beaver Builder itself and how it works as well, which is the challenge, isn't it, for you, Dave, at the moment, trying to yeah. kind of control that, that number of people without us all going off, uh, you know, sharing. Well, <laughs> I had a friend came over only the other night and we had a barbecue in the garden from the facebook group you know yep. so it's so tempting to go share you know the little snaps of us in that beaver builder group yeah no it's, yeah. It's, and there, there are many stories like that you know and um mm. there, there are many people that have met like i mean i joked earlier about you know our friend doug and doug doug is a really nice guy really good technical but doug doesn't come across to me as the kind of person that would be singing from the rooftops you know kind of per you know what i mean he's he's mm. he's outgoing in a very nice kind of way instead of a a shouty, screamy kind of way. And uh, Doug said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be uh, presenting at the London WordPress meetup 
on this date or whatever. And next thing you know, there's like 15 of us going, can I get flights? Can we come? And guys came down from wherever and across the country. And now it ended up being three or four lads um, attended. But, you know, that wouldn't have happened without the friendships that we've made in the Facebook groups. Yeah. Mm. Simple hey, things like that. The one, one good thing is, Dave, even though you're in Ireland there, we ha it has kind of got a, a, a strong UK dominance, hasn't it? It's kind yeah, of uh, in the group. Um, it's a, it's an it's interesting usually, one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. It was just that uh, in the groups that I've seen, and I've not really become uh, a, a kind of contributor to them. But then, you know, there, there are so many more people in the Beaver Builder group that are, are close to me that I can meet up with, which I've not seen in other in other groups. I mean, it's, it's a fairly international um, mm. group because we've got the guys from down under – um, off the top of my head, Jay Clark. We've got the South Africa. There's, you know, Chantel. You've got Bernard in Austria. You've got Jonathan Power in Ireland. You've got, you know, about five or six or 10, 20 that I can name off the top of my head in, in England. Um, and then you've got Americans and then you've got an English guy in Canada called Colin Carrot, right? Um, <laughs> so there's, uh, you know, Lee Jackson, who seems to want to live in America. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, it, it just seems to be more of an international group um, considering the product and the headquarters of, of Beaver Builder is on the west coast of America. Um, and I don't think they've specifically set out to be an international company, but it very much is. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's the kind of product and community that appeals to so many people around the world. Um, but it's 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 an interesting dynamic how it's grown and how people have have come from all over to be part of it. But like you said earlier, it's not without its challenges. Do um mm. do the guys from Beaver Builder? I mean, I know that you're the sort of officially endorsed Facebook group. I'm sure that yeah. you know there's been other little groups which have started trying to deal with aspects of Beaver Builder, but they yeah. they haven't got that official endorsement. Do those guys, yeah. Justin, Billy, um, Robbie, do they? Um, do they have things that they require you to do or things that they suggest that you do or do they just leave you entirely to do run the group as you see fit? Oh, they, they leave me entirely to run it as I see fit, but they are part of the admin team. Yeah. I mean, when we got to a certain amount of, of members, it became untenable as, an, as a solo operator to run it. Mm -hmm. um, right from the early days, though, when things started to get traction, you know, when we started to get the five, 600 members thing, you know, the guys started to pay attention and were like, holy moly, this is great, you know, well done. I was like, I'm not doing much. People are just coming mm -hmm. along and I'm just making sure there's no a-holes. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> this is a struggle, struggle. Um, and... Then we got a little bit busier and whatever, and, and they mentioned the Beaver Builder Group on their support page and in their email, monthly email. We got more members, and they came on board as admins just because they wanted to, you know, have a little bit of control. I had no problem making them admins whatsoever. Like, I was it was going to be a problem. Um, but they don't use that in any way, shape, or form. Um, and then we asked a couple of people, uh, a certain David Wormsley and Chantel, big surname from South Africa. Um, <laughs> um, Chantel, she knows. I, yeah, I she does. Joke, you know, you know. Um, just in case you think I'm, I'm being um, bad. But um, so we have a Facebook group, a Facebook message group where we, the Beaver Builder admins are all in there. And every now and then something will crop up and one of us will go, you know, what do you think about this post or this person or they've done that or what's going on? And and it's very quiet in there. It's like a whole two weeks ago by without a message being passed amongst the, the admins. And I forgot Catherine Davis as well. She works for Beaver Builder um, and she's a, an admin. But there's been a couple of times where I've contacted Justin or um, uh, Robbie and said, look, you know, what do you think of this? I'm, you know, a bit torn on that. And I just like your opinion. But there's never been an occasion where any of the guys have come to me and said, Dave, we don't like this or we don't want that to be happening or can you delete this post? None of that. Not once. Never. Um, and that's brilliant like, because th that's given the group the organic growth that it's had because nobody – it's a fine balance though because some t people treat the Beaver Builder group as their group of choice on the internet. And it's not just about Beaver Builder to them. It's 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 home, 
And there's so many people that do that. And that's brilliant. And, and, and I'm dumbfounded by that. But sometimes that can make the post a little bit too personal and messy and, you know, things like that. And we have to delete some posts and say, look, it's not really appropriate for the group. It's just too much going on in the group. And we're very wary that the group is really, really good for beginners. But Beaver Builder, even talking to Robbie there on my podcast and Justin on my podcast, um, which is launching soon, they they're very aware that their community is is m- moving towards small operation developers and big developing companies that are using Beaver Builder. But there is a certain amount of complete and utter one-man band just building my business, bricks and mortar business website using Beaver Builder, and they're looking for help and they're looking for, you know, so we don't want to alienate anybody, but the, the bulk of their business is people like me and you two. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a balance between keeping out too much of the basic, basic stuff that's repetitive um, and, the, and the noise that isn't necessary in the group and keeping everybody happy. That's the hardest part at the mm. moment. They've, um, the guys at Beaver Builder, I mean, I guess this would be true of any WordPress plugin or indeed software product. They've tried all sorts of different ways to have a, a forum for, for everything, you know, whether it's um, support mm. requests or bug tickets or whatever. You know, they've tried their own system and they've, you know, there's a Slack channel and they tried Reddit for a while and they tried Stack Overflow and all of that kind of stuff. And and all of them seem to have been abandoned. So now that all of that's been abandoned and really this Facebook group is probably the number one place where people are going to go to get help. What, What are your thoughts on running a Facebook community as a support channel? I mean, does it work? Is it because, I mean, there's frustrations. Search, for example, in Facebook groups is lousy. Yeah. Uh, or at least it's it's not where you'd expect it to be. Um, and the fact that everything's linear and the fact mm. that Facebook, um, you know, my feed doesn't look the same as your feed. So the, mm. the chronology of my feed will look different to your feed. So it's difficult to track things down. Do, do you feel that it's it's good enough for 8,000 or 16,000 or 20,000 for a support system or do do you think it's got you know it's got it's a a shelf life I think the 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 question you have to ask yourself is um are you you, uh, what is support and what is community Mm. and there's a big difference between the two um any decent software development company should have a support channel that is controlled 100% by them. Facebook is owned by Facebook, not by me, not by Beaver Builder, not by anybody else. It's owned by Facebook. They pull the plug tomorrow, it's all gone. So as a, as a business, and I, this is me saying this, this is not them saying this through me. This is my opinion on what they're doing because I don't, I'm not involved in any decisions about what channels they want to try for support or whatever. That's all them. Um, <clears throat> and... They have to have a support network for a product, the same as any other half-decent business in the world. And they choose to do that through a knowledge base Mm. and a form that you fill in if you've got a question. Mm. If there's a technical query you have and you fill out the form, the guys in the background are brilliant. They will answer it. Now, you're not going to get an answer at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, but you're going to get an answer. And if you haven't, it's because something's gone wrong with the email. And that, that just happens. That's technology. And there's bound to be examples of that for any company. But they have in place exactly what is needed. Now, there's going to be outliers that want a forum, that want a phone number, that want 24-7 support or whatever. Now, that's grand if you've bought a car or, you know, it's, you know, a big ticket item. We're talking about $67 for a year or $97 or, you know, $197. They're not going to be making the kind of money that, that has, you know, three guys on the phone 24-7 to answer all your queries like GoDaddy or someone like that, you know? Um, so the next question is, well, okay, we've got a community. Do we use the community as a, as a, a form of support and have our team in there answering questions day in, day out? Well, like you said, the search function is CAC in, in Facebook. It's really, really bad. But the question yeah, that I sort of ask people that bring up the whole forum thing is tell me exactly which forums you go on to every single day and then tell me do you go on Facebook every single day and I you know people go mostly on forums for for hobby stuff like every now and then I go on Liverpool 
FC forum here in Ireland that's quite popular. But they, there's not posts every day. And, and apart from that, you know, if I'm looking for information, I can't think the last time I used a forum to interact with a community. But I'm on Facebook and I'm in 20, 30 Facebook groups. I'm, I'm, I don't look at my personal feed a lot. I'm, I, am, I just go to the groups that I go to. Uh, and that's it. But I'm, I'm, fa- I'm on Facebook every day. Mm. So, so where where do you what do you do? And I think they they they're doing as much as they can, which is provide a portal for me as an owner of the products to be able to get help when I need it. And then the community is exactly that. It's the Facebook group is a community of people that have got together and said we all have the same interest. Let's talk about it. Mm. So I, I I can't see how they can do much more and appeal to a the mass of users because there'll always be outliers that want a forum or a reddit or you know some other form of communication that's sexy at the moment or uh, you know the slack channel does quite well i haven't been in it in months because i don't use slack Mm. you know but not everybody does but everybody uses facebook i i completely agree i mean i i think they they've had to experiment with different support models just because well, that's the nature of what they need to do to refine their process and get it exactly how they want it. Um, I, I very rarely submit support tickets now. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really rarely um, yeah. because I'm... Because you have a network. Well, but plus I pretty much... Whenever I go to Facebook and just load up facebook.com, my feed, you know, the, the default is to yep. present you with yep. your news feed. Yep. And um, my feed is fi- is only filled these days with Beaver Builder posts, Beaver Builder group posts and WP Builds group posts. They've obviously, Facebook's algorithm has worked out, look, this is how boring you are. This is all you ever do. So let's just show you the stuff that you like. Um, and so I, and I pretty much read everything that comes through on a morning. And, and very often it will answer questions that, that I've got before I have them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then I kind of remember who the personalities were because there are some names which just keep coming up again and again and again. And then I might reach out to them personally and say, how did you do that? I remember you posted something about that. Um, so for me, it, if, you, if you commit the time to doing it, to being involved in that community, it will repay back a, a thousandfold. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's, it's been over such a long time now, two years, two and, two and a bit years, that if I have a problem with a custom module I'm trying to build, I know who I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. If, if I have a question about how to do something related to main WP, I know who I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if I have something about building a website in 24 hours, I know who I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's two years of being in the community and knowing who these the expertise that people have, and I've become friends and I've built my network through it. Mm. I, I mean, every now and then I'll put in a support question, um, but I don't jump on 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 Messenger because I have Robbie on dial and say, you know, oh, I've got this problem. I go use this forum on the on the page because Robbie and Justin aren't sitting there answering support questions. Yeah, you know, it's Carlos and oh, I can never remember the names of the guys. David will know. Yeah. Ben. 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 Yeah. Ben. And yeah. his brother. <laughs> yeah. I think his brother's Carlos, is it? Carlo? Carlo? Something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, those guys, that's their job. Their support. And they they know stuff inside out. So go and use it. Go and mm-hmm. use it. Mm-hmm. Problem is, we, we live in a society where we expect 24-hour, seven days a week support. And that just doesn't fly with small businesses. No matter how much you want to look at it, Beaver Builder is a small business. Now, they do over, I'm sure... I'm sure, based on Facebook po- or blog posts they put out, they they're getting up on seven figures a year. They they have to be, and that's I have no inside knowledge on their figures whatsoever. Total guess on my part, but on the install numbers and on what they've said in their blog posts, I'm pretty sure they're doing seven figures a year. That's a small business. Now, me and you might think, holy moly, that's a big business, but you look at big WordPress companies. You know, they're doing multiple levels and they're not answering questions at Saturday at nine o'clock at night. So next best thing, Facebook group, ask yeah. a question. Yeah, you I know? would totally concur. If you've got a, a question related to Beaver Builder, then definitely that's the place to go. Um, uh, just a, something more about that Facebook group. So, you know, you start off with 100 and you think it's going well and, and everything's on, on message and everybody's contributing and it's meaningful and it's to the point and and so on. And then you you fast forward a couple of years, and now you've got eight thousand members. Mm. So at some point, it must become problematic 
you know, people fall out, people write incendiary posts, people are just abusive. Um, the, the affiliate marketers get in there and start posting spammy affiliate nonsense that you don't want. Um, how, do you, how do you manage all of that? Is, that, is that? is that an easy task or do you spend a lot of time every day weeding out stuff that really shouldn't be there? I, I have a big hammer and I use it. <laughs> it's, well, that's the great thing about a community that's so good is people look out for family. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not awake 24-7. Neither are you, neither is Dave, neither is any, you know, the other admins. Um, so things are going to appear, but they'll only be there for a couple of hours or a few hours, and then somebody will report them. I woke up this morning, two posts were reported, and I had them gone and the users banned you know, within 10 minutes of me getting an email saying somebody has reported a post in the group. We, the other the other thing is, at um, some point in the last 12 months, Facebook allowed you as an admin to ask questions of people applying to join your group and also shows you the groups that those people already belong to. So when you apply to join Beaver Builder Group, you have to answer two questions. One, where did you hear about Beaver Builder? And two, how do you intend to use it? Um, and that really pretty much gets rid of the obvious spammers because they usually don't have a clue what Beaver Builder is. They don't know how to answer that question. Um, and then when you look at the groups that they're already members of, because it might say 2,472, yeah. Facebook will show you random 30, 40 groups that they're in. And you can see the type of groups they're in. Now, if somebody hit their English isn't great and they say WordPress and website as the question answers, but you look at their groups and they're a member of WP Bills and they're a member of WP Innovator and they're a member of some other WordPress communities that I'm very familiar with, I just automatically let them in because they've shown an interest in the topic. Um, and then you get groups and I've... Oh, unbelievable groups that are on Facebook. I've learned so much. <laughs> Stuff has been put into my head. I don't want to ever have to think about it again. Because you look at these groups and their names that you, when you read the name of the group, you go, that exists. That's a thing. <laughs> People actually have, a, and you look at it and it, you know, you hover your mouse over the link and it pops up the little banner with the image and then it tells you how many members they have. And it's something, I won't say disgusting, well, there are disgusting ones. But it's just weird ones that have absolutely, you know, things that you're like, <laughs> Facebook shouldn't let people have a group about that. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And 37,000 members in that group. Yeah. Like, holy moly. And then there's the buy and sell people. They're the ones that kill me. It's like every group is about make money online and um, selling, you know, buy and sell type groups. You know, and they're just not getting in. There's not a chance, not a chance in hell. Mm. Um, so we don't let them in. Now, people get in and then they stay quiet for a few weeks, months, and then bang, you know, there's a big banner ad to some company in some country that I can't even spell. <laughs> um, and it lasts 20 minutes and then it's gone. You know? Yeah. The harder one is people you know and like make a post that they shouldn't make. That's the harder one to judge. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of growth in the WordPress community and people want to show off their new software or their, you know, lead generating website or offer their free download PDF that you just put your name and email address in to get, you know, I get it. I do that too. But we just can't use the group as your own personal, you know, lead generation <laughs> tool. So... There are instances where I won't ban people, but I'll get rid of the post. And if I've got the time, I'll send them a quick personal message. Say, that's a bit, you know, out of whack. You can't do that. Mm. And there's a fine line between providing value to the community and promoting stuff. And that I've got to, got to be very, very careful of because, you know, there are people that will provide huge amounts of value to the community and then step out of line once or twice. And we warn them and say, look, you know, it's a bit off the mark. It's a bit too promotional. Like we just don't allow affiliate links on the site whatsoever. If you want to provide content that teaches somebody something and that happens to use a piece of software that has an affiliate link in it, you can link out to the content. And then if people click on the link while they're on your page, go for it. Absolutely. 
Now, the only affiliate links that ever appear in the group are in the pin post, and that would be my link to Beaver Builder. And that wasn't me. That was the guys from Beaver Builder insisted on it because that's my reward for running the group and starting the group and everything. But it only ever appears in, in the pin post when I'm not pimping my podcast. Um, <laughs> my upcoming podcast, which should have launched on Monday, and I'm just tearing my hair out. I don't have hair. I'm tearing my beard out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a good segue, I think. Shall we, yeah. we move on to your, your podcast? That might yeah. be a, a good moment to, to move from one thing to another. So you've started, uh, or at least you are in the process of starting, uh, a Beaver Builder-specific podcast. Do you want to tell us about that a little bit, why you did, why you decided to do it and how, how it's worked and what technology you use and all that? Yeah, well, like I said, I've, I've, I'm part of my, my business, solopower.com, is that I help professionals, experts, whatever, launch their own podcasts and do all the tech for them and charge them handsomely for it. Um, but I've never really, I can't say never, I, I've tried podcasts like 10 years ago, but it was me into a crappy headset mic on my laptop and it was terrible and it was a couple of friends talking about a hobby thing. We did six episodes and it was atrocious and I never really did it again. Um, I like to talk, but I'm afraid to talk into a mic. <laughs> you know, there's that sort yeah. of, um, you know, imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm quite happy to be the guy in the background that, that does all the tech stuff and never wanted to be the celebrity. But I kind of got to that point where I was like, okay, look, I love doing this. I love hearing other people do it. I love helping other people do it. Let's just do it for fun and, and not really think of it as a business thing. Just let's have a bit of a laugh. And there was only one thing it was ever going to be about, and that was the Beaver Builder community. So it's not about Beaver Builder as such. It's about the community, the people in it, people like you two. You know, and Nathan, we, we've done an interview. David, you're on the list. But you're a busy man, young Wormsley. And I, I just wanted to talk to my friends about their businesses, their lives, what they do. And it just so happens that a big part of their lives and my lives that, that connects us all is Beaver Builder. So Beaver Builder is not necessarily the, the, the overriding topic. It's about the people in the community. And I think it was just about the right time to do it, you know. Yes. But part yes. of your business, though, is to assist other people with yeah. their podcasts. Is that a, like yeah. a... A productized service that you offer. Yeah. How does that? Because I mean, I I stumbled across this whole podcasting thing at the same time as David did, and we launched this. And I think it's probably true, David. You hadn't done a podcast before. No, uh, yeah, I, I haven't done anything before. No. no. Uh, and uh, actually, Dave just described our podcast when he was talking about his experience Ooh. ten years ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As with a couple of headsets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just really enjoy doing it. I've got no, um, do you know, more recently, to be honest, I think more recently I've been thinking, I wonder if there's ways to sort of like make, make this work for me because it does take a little bit of time, but it's just jolly good fun. So, um, you know, I'm doing my podcast just for a bit of fun, like I say. But is there any reason why people would choose to use podcasting for their business? Is there any sort of purpose in business podcasting, if you like? Um, reach, authority, influence. Right. Simple as that. I mean, basically, um, if you go, if you open up iTunes and you have a look at the top 100 podcasts or whatever, and then just ask yourself this simple question, how many of those people have the technology skills to pull this off? And the answer is very, very few. But what they do have in common is that they're experts. Mm. They have a, a history of information and knowledge that they've spent years gaining and how you monetize that information is by building an audience that will buy products from you. Now, that product could be a physical product like supplements or something like that, or it could be information products like books or videos or DVDs, or it could be a course or it could be coaching. It could be anything at all. But it starts with you connecting with somebody. In marketing, there are different phases of, of, of connection. So the, the first phase being an awareness phase. Like, I mean, they're, they're aware they have it. They're moving from not knowing they have a problem, all of a sudden they have a problem, and now they want information about that problem, and then they want somebody to solve that problem. So experts come in in the sort of second and third phases, and that's where podcasts come in. Because if I ask you as a member of the public who realizes you have a problem or a need or a want, to read my sales page and buy my crap. 
well, there's a disconnect there. I don't know you. I don't trust you. I don't know who you are. I, you might be a scammer. You might be whatever. But if I've listened to 10 episodes of your podcast and you spend 30 minutes over the last 10 weeks informing me, educating me, and I like listening to you. I love what you have to say. And me and you are like, I think I could stalk you. <laughs> I, I think you're a brilliant person. You're, you've, you've succinctly and professionally told me about my problem and how you would solve it. I want to do business with you. I'm going to put my hand in my pocket, take out cash, and I'm going to give it to you. So that's what podcasts can do better than anything else. Better than video, better than email marketing, better than um, sales pages, better than adverts on Facebook. But all of those things come into the process. But what gets me to like you is the fact that I'm prepared to listen to you talk about my problem with authority um, over a period of excuse me over a period of time. So podcasting by far is the best way to transition somebody from a skeptic to a, a believer or, or somebody who wants to work with you as somebody who has expertise. Our podcast is quite a lengthy, yeah. you know, it's, it, it, sometimes they go on for like well over an hour. Um, yeah. And sometimes I feel kind of, you know, we're not really trying to sell anything. So that, that, yeah. that's a slightly different proposition. Um, and I, but I listen to quite a lot of lengthy podcasts, but is, is it when you're trying to sort of like target a particular audience and you're trying to sell things, presumably you don't go on for an hour about stuff because people no. wouldn't listen that long. Is there like a, okay, give me an example of a product that you might buy. Um, well, a, a computer. Okay. Do you listen to This Week in Tech? I do. Or... Yeah, I do. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So This Week in Tech, there are what, experts talking about the latest tech stuff? Yep. Okay. So who's the host? Leo uh, Laporte. Leo Laporte, yeah. Okay. Leo goes, next week I've got Joe Bob on. Joe Bob is the chief designer of the new Apple X72. It's the most amazing computer that I've ever seen. And we're going to go in depth about the Apple X72. The world is waiting for it. Join me next week when I talk to Billy Bob. Billy Bob comes on. Leo Laporte starts interviewing him saying, Billy Bob, thanks very much. You gave me a sample of the Apple X72. It is amazing. All those troubles we've had with our iMacs for the last 10 years, gone. This is fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant. Are you going to trust Leo Laporte? Uh, well, I want to go buy an X72 now. <laughs> is it really that good? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do trust him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if Leo Laporte recommends a PC or he's not going to be a PC, but uh, uh, the new Apple, whatever, or the opposite. If Leo Laporte says, this is a pilot, cack, don't touch it with a barge pole, there's so many problems with it, then you're going to listen to him because he's an expert. And you listen to him because you've listened to him for so long and trust his, he's built up trust with you. But now if Leo Laporte came out with a company that was a competitor to Apple and was making his X72 or whatever it is, you'd be interested in his product. But he's built up a relationship with you over a period of time. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, um, it's like the long haul, isn't it? You're, you're in it and you keep putting out information so that you gain trust and kudos and notoriety. And you become like a source of wisdom in your, in your marketplace, if you like. Trusted influencer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My seventy but, words was was much better uh, <laughs> summed up than your two words. <laughs> but but, the, but it's interesting there that you said that it's a long term game. Well, what's your business? Yes. Business yeah. is a long term game. Yeah. So if you're in it for five minutes, then forget about podcasting. Yeah. You know, go set up a, a Facebook ad for a week, get people to sign up and buy your product, and then run away with all the monies. Yes. You know, that's that's not my customer. That's not what podcasting is for. You know, and 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 I'm talking about using podcasting as an as a medium to further someone down the buying process. But you can do that by being an influencer in terms of providing information. I mean, that's how we make decisions these days. We don't, you know, we don't buy an off well, we do. <laughs> I was going to say we don't buy an awful lot of stuff off the cuff. But when we're making a serious choice, about something we we don't all of a sudden buy a car because it's the first one we see we put some research into it we see is it this guy is selling it a bit cheaper than the next guy and what's the service package and do i have to spend extra and all the options and we put a bit of research into it so any business that has a product 
or a service or something like that that's got you're looking for your customer to build a relationship with you and be a repeat customer over many years or a lifetime value is quite high podcast an amazing way to do that mm. amazing way to do it, particularly on the online world you know if you want to build a relationship with a guy down the local store you just walk in and have a chat you can't do that with online stuff so if you're asking some i mean e-commerce stores they have no idea about the power of podcasting. There's one, I, I do some work with e-commerce. One of my clients is a big guy in e-commerce, and, and I'm always saying to him, start a podcast. He said, well, I sell T-shirts. No, you sell stuff to a particular audience. Build a podcast around what they want to talk about, and your podcast happens to be sponsored by your e-commerce store. Mm. So you're not producing a podcast to sell T-shirts. You're p- producing a podcast to entertain, educate, and inspire your audience who will buy your T-shirts? Yes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's an, it's, a, yeah, I, I get it. It's a really fascinating subject area. Do you, um, mm-hmm. when you, when you have this as a, as a service, then how, how do you, what do you bundle into this like podcasting package? Then do you do all the hosting and do you do all the, um, do you do all the WordPress installation and basically do you just do it all and take it off their hands for a fee? Yeah, there's two parts to it. One is there's the web development side of things, and that's a separate fee. It's like we get it set up and you're ready to go. And that's what you've just described. And then there's the the actual launch package, which is, you know, you're the expert. You've got the expertise. That's where your ability ends, and you want to launch a podcast. And what we'll do is we, we'll weed out people who are not right, <laughs> and then we'll we'll focus on the ones that are a perfect fit for our package, which is – a 90 day launch package, which is basically we spend the first third, the first month getting the podcast up and running. We do an audit of your, your content and, and look at what you have to create episodes. Then the first, the second half is that launch into iTunes particularly and how we can get traction for your podcast. And then the third month is optimizing um, your podcast and your relationship with the growing audience because that eight weeks in iTunes is critical and um, what's called no, new and noteworthy um, iTunes will look at podcasts that are showing potential and have interaction and have people early on connecting with that podcast and they will promote them they will help promote them they'll want people to find your podcast that haven't found it yet so those first eight weeks are crucial so we do a 12, uh, 12 week program. And then on the back of that, if you as an expert want to continue on doing it, then we have a, a maintenance package that we, you record your audio for one, one once a week episodes and we do the rest. Nice. David, mm-hmm. we've blown it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We, I, know. We, I, I didn't even about know it. about the new and noteworthy. I think we're old <laughs> no. and stale. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's important. It's about getting traction. Now, you have your own audience with your Facebook group and pe- and and posting the Facebook group and in the Beaver Builder group. So you already have an audience. So you're not necessarily going to launch into iTunes and in those first eight weeks, um, just by organic traffic, go from zero to fifty thousand downloads a month. You know you're ticking along and and slowly growing, and your audience is is quite niche, and that's how you've presented WP bills, you know? So if you have a generic fitness podcast or you have a generic business podcast, you're going to find it harder to get traction. But if you do it really, really well and get into new and noteworthy, you're going to get some traction and that can go on to be quite big. You know, a lot of these massive podcasts that launch like NPR um, national public radio and everything, they cross promote their new podcasts in their already established podcasts so they start out, the new ones, get a huge bump. You guys posted in the Beaver Builder Facebook group, get the odd mention in WP Innovator Facebook group, went on a couple of podcasts and are introduced as WP Bills hosted. And that's your marketing budget. Mm. Zero. Mm-hmm. So, and, our, and our talent uh, budget and, <laughs> and our integrity <laughs> budget. And, uh... you, you guys know that. You, you, you're the, my wife's second favorite podcast. Who's the first? (laughs) My wife. (laughs) Somebody said my wife is a recurring theme in all my podcasts. (laughs) She is, but she um, she she's into um, murder, crime Uh, investigation type stuff. I'm glad you qualified that. (laughs) Yeah, she she does. 
she there's a podcast she listens to, and I don't know the name of it. It's basically these co-hosts that are lawyers or you know people that they look over case cold cases and things like that, but they do it while drinking beer. <laughs> 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 that's her favorite podcast. I can never remember what it's called, but um, and then she, you know, there was some guy that was a, a fire fireman who did a very similar type podcast, and he gave up being a firefighter to do podcasting full time because it became so popular. Wow! I mean, we, wow! Yeah, oh. the biggest the biggest podcasts in the world are not marketing, are not tech, or are not tech, not tech, but as in WordPress, it's very niche. You know, the biggest podcasts in the world are you know human interest story type stuff. Yeah, they're. they're Massive. And there's two sides to podcasting, really, when you break it down. There's the public radio side, which is big corporations, a lot of money, and they make podcasts as an adjunct to their radio programming and have a huge audience already built. And then there's the independent podcasting community, which is me and you and Adam Carolla and Tim Ferriss. And, you know, they get big numbers, but they're still independent and they're not a corporation like Gimlet Media and people like that. Wow, that's a real yeah. underbelly of podcasting that I didn't know anything about. I genuinely don't know anything about the wider world of podcasting. I've got my little podcasting app on my phone, and um, and I just put the ones in that I like, and usually mm. they're ones that have become recommended through WordPress, and there's a couple mm. of technology ones, but I had no idea. It, it, truthfully, I had no idea that there was like ones about murder and ones about, you know, firemen oh, and things. My- wow. The- I can guarantee the podcast yeah. that you listen to are zero 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 point one percent of podcasts that are out there. Yeah, we, we our podcasts are tiny, mm. like really small. And then I've got a couple of clients, and they're small, but they're way bigger than ours would ever be. Mm. But they're they're tiny compared to some of their peers, and they're trying to grow their audience to be as big as their peers. Um, and that's why they got into podcasting because you can only do so much with Facebook ads and you can only do so much with Google SEO and you can only do so much with Facebook, um, YouTube SEO, but they're all technical skills that the majority of these types of clients don't have. They have to hire people to do them, but podcasting has a smaller barrier to entry when it comes to producing content. You need a microphone and you need something to record the audio and then you pay someone like me to do all the hard stuff. Just get it out there. You don't need a camera and lighting. You don't need to write, you know, 8,000 words and make sure you're using the right H2 tags. And you don't need to, you know, spend money on on Facebook ads and hope Facebook doesn't shut your account because you use the word weight loss and you shouldn't have and all this kind of stuff. You just got to be intelligent, communicate really, you know, reasonably well. And talk about stuff or interview people that other people want to listen to. Blown people it. That, yeah, exactly. Me too. Blown um, it. And that's how that's how podcasting works for business people, experts. Yeah. Dave, can I ask you a question though? What what could we be doing better in terms of other lead generation stuff for us? How could we pull in a bigger audience? Do you think? Well, there's there's a couple of ways you can do it. The 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 first one that I would do with you guys is that. You promote your own. You promote yourself in your in WordPress builds group, and get out there to some of the the other WordPress groups and and start interacting in those groups. The ones that you're not known in, like Beaver Builder Group, go look for some of the other WordPress groups and see if there are other people talking about things like education and wanting to learn more. Connect with the admins of those groups and say, hey, you know, we have this WordPress podcast, and I just love to you know mention it in the group. Is that okay? If not can we talk? Can you be a guest on our podcast? And we mention your Facebook group, then they're going to mention it in the Facebook group for you. The other one is, is um, be a guest on podcasts. How many WordPress podcasts have you gone actively looking for and tried to connect with the host of that podcast and say, can we do a swap? I'll go on your podcast. You come on my podcast. Um, the answer is very, very little none. Yeah. And, and how much would it cost you to do that? Nothing. There you go. I, I'm sitting so you, in a corner could, now, feeling like flagellating myself in shame. But you, you, you could double, triple, quadruple your audience for a couple of emails. Yeah. Come on, David, lift your game. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I 
leave this all to Nathan. <laughs> In which case, nothing will happen. <laughs> and and the third and the third option, which I'm starting to do with the launch of uh, the Beaver Builder podcast, and myself and Nathan Wrigley have had discussions about, is start doing some competitions. Get people, uh-huh. your audience, to recommend that other people that they know that might like this podcast would actually come and download it and listen to it. Yeah, I think everybody yeah. likes a competition, don't they? That's absolutely true. You know, I, I love entering competitions. I do it all the time. And it's a it's a nice, quick, easy win, isn't it? The other stuff is there's a little bit more in it. Um, and, and also you're kind of relying on the audience being interested, whereas competitions, I think, do just they sort of drag people in because there's, there's something for nothing, isn't there, which is always a, always a great marketing strategy. Did you say you enter drag competitions? Uh, no. Uh, did I? <laughs> if I did, I didn't mean to. <laughs> that's Skype glitching out. Sorry, that's, that's it. Elvis impersonation competition. Yeah, not drag. Oh, well, D- David, mm. we're sort of pressing on for time, I think, now. I'm just wondering if there's anything pressing that you want to ask still. Uh, I'm not because we've run out of time, but gosh, I did want to talk more about, you know, uh, the lead generation stuff that it does because I think that's really interesting and what we could uh, be looking out for yeah. in the future. Yeah. Maybe I can throw that in quickly. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah go for it. Go on then. Yeah, Dave, is there any kind of software that we should be looking out for or any new trends that you see, things that we ought to be focusing on as we move more towards thinking about marketing? Um, first thing I say is don't overthink it. Simple stuff mm. works, right? People will give you their email addresses if you offer them something in exchange that they want. So competitions is a really, really good way to build your list because, pe- like Nathan said, people will give you their email address. I mean, there was the rise in you know pop-ups, and they're great if you use them right. Then there's the rise in content upgrades. I don't know if you're familiar with that concept, which is that instead of asking for a generic opt-in, you give people some information on a blog post, a webcast, uh, a podcast, and say, I've created a one-page document that gives you more information about this specific topic, and enter your name and email address. So now you, you can segment your list into people who are interested in podcasts or people who are interested in video and people who are interested in um, email marketing or whatever. So you might get a lot of people that are WordPress generic interested, but some of them have an interest in specific areas and you can segment them out. And now when you use email marketing, you can target your message specific to those interests. So that was content upgrades. Um, my point of view is, is like email is still the number one way to connect with your audience on a regular basis because people, you know, if you think about what's become sexy and what's disappeared in internet marketing, Snapchat's dying a death. SoundCloud's about to disappear. Um, nobody remembers half the stuff that was popular six months ago, 12 months ago, two years ago. What has been consistently there all the time over the last 15 years? Websites themselves. So I come to your website email marketing and um, podcast in the background is getting bigger now and video. And that's pretty much it. You know, yeah. everything else is either niche or sexy and dies away, you know, um, obviously social media is a separate thing, but you as a business owner, they're your biggies in terms of connecting with your audience. So if you're using lead generation in those areas, email marketing is still massive. You should connect with your audience, give them something of value and then talk to them. Don't ignore them and then all of a sudden email them. Have a conversation with your audience and, and, and be personal about it. You know, tell stories. Storytelling is the key to marketing these days is because people like to connect with people that are like them. And that's why podcasts work so well. That's why good video channels work so well is because it's about the stories. I want to know about your life. I want to know what's happening because it might be the same that's happening in my life. And businesses that do really well tell stories about their brands, tell stories about their products. So email marketing is exactly that. So don't necessarily go for the latest piece of software, whatever. I'm, I'm really happy with my autoresponder, Doug Bell Chambers, Beaver Pop-Ups plugin, and the subscribe form from Beaver Builder. I just hook the whole lot up, stick it into my convert kit, and you, you put your name and email address on any of my websites. That's all there is to it. I don't use Thrive Leads anymore. I'm not going to, I don't need Convert Pro. I don't have Optin Monster. I don't have all of these things because I don't need analytics. What I need is somebody to join my list and then, 
you know, interact and, and with, with the email content I sign out or I send out. I don't really care about opt-in rates. I don't really care about, um, you know, all these metrics that are being thrown at us because all that really matters to me at the end of the day is who's buying my stuff. And my email doesn't measure that. So, you know, I, yeah. I don't, you know, a lot of the stuff that's coming out now at the moment is flashbang and probably advertised on screencasts by Nathan Wrigley because it's been on Zoom. <laughs> 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 Absolutely <laughs> I mean, true. Shiny. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I think I'm in agreement with you on with the the nature of all the analytics and all of that kind of stuff. I, essentially, I've worked out that I basically don't ever look at the analytics for pretty much anything. Um, I just if you're, need... spend, if you're spending money on advertising, it is extremely important. I'm not to know your numbers. Mm. Extremely important because that can make or break your business. But if somebody opts into my list and I get an open rate and a da -da -da rate and a this rate and that rate, it doesn't matter. All that matters is sales. So if I've got 25,000 people on my email list and I make five sales, nonsense. If I've got 25 people on my email list and I make two sales, happy days. That's the only thing that matters. The fact that my open rate for that email went down 3% because I used a H1 tag in the email or an image, nonsense, just... Send emails like you write emails to your friends. There's no big graphics. There's no marketing mojo. Tell stories and ask for people to click on a link. Job done. Hmm. Good point. I like it. Good point to end, possibly, as well. Shall we, um, shall we knock it on the head there, guys? Yeah, because I actually yeah. sounded like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I was quite surprised, Dave, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, you know, every, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, tell you what I do want to do though, if you Go don't on. mind, and no. if you keep this in, I'd like to say hello to my wife, Sinead, <laughs> because she, she gets a name drop on this podcast. Aww. It's going to make her a day. Hello, I Sinead. I love brownie. Hello. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, that was easy. Um, okay. In which yeah. case. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock this one on the head and say I think we're done. Thanks, Dave Toomey, for coming on and talking to us about yeah. well, you know being yeah. able to build a Facebook group and podcasting and how to do it and what's the purpose of marketing it and all that. Brilliant. And I'm gonna say goodbye myself while the cheesy music comes in, and I'll let Dave and David say goodbye as well. Thank you very much. Thanks to you guys. You guys are great. You're my best friends ever. <laughs> yeah, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> bye bye.